You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy Friday. Today is December 10th. Just baseball show. Jack McMullen, Aram Layton rocking his JB hoodie. Peter Apple also rocking his Just Baseball hoodie and drinking out of a red Solo cup, even though it's not Friday or Saturday. Guy parties, by the way. More that I don't want to wash dishes and this is water. But yeah. we can play make-believe. Arm's also drinking water. Hydrated boys. You know, it's Friday. Hydrated boys. Drink your water. Hydrated boys. Uh, kind of a subset of the island boys. Hydrated boys. Uh, hydrated boys. It's pretty good. That it was, was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Um, hey, before we get rolling with a couple more mock trades, because those are so much fun, and I have a bone to pick with um, the MILB Rule 5 draft. That's the Rule 5 draft that can happen right now, not the Major League Baseball Rule 5 draft. Um, massive news in the crypto space. CryptoPunk number 4156 just sold for $10.2 million. This is from Ravel. So uh, I'll try and keep it short and sweet. Here's what makes this image. You should be watching on YouTube. Here's what makes this image unique. Just screenshotted it. Yeah, this is what makes this image worth $10.2 million to own, not to screenshot. Um, It's one of 24 CryptoPunk apes. And it's one of four of the apes that is wearing a bandana. So this, oh, digit, oh this, of course, this digital photo of an ape with a bandana is worth ten million dollars. I mean, you make fun of NFTs now, but crypto NFTs—they're going to run our world well, in like three years, whether we like it or not. Look, this, I'm not that's making going to run it. our world. That's the new Mona Lisa. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's called art, idiot. Yep learn is that why it's so valuable is like people just can't go in and steal it we're gonna yeah, have the minted. virtual we're gonna have the virtual form of of somehow of just people stealing digital art i guess too it's oh no it's not possible it's on the blockchain i'm sure i'm sure they'll find a way i'm sure I don't know if they will because it's minted there's one that's minted and then if you screenshot it's not minted anymore it's kind of like the actual art piece i don't think you can i mean it hasn't been proven yet, but doesn't it feel like know. it could be figured it out already if someone could steal them wouldn't it See, no, it's, it's new. Cool. It's not it that new, not, though. I mean, it's that kind of clearly new. digital rendering of an ape wearing a bandana, if that's worth $10 million, maybe the person that owns it has their name under the thing on the blockchain is the only person that can see the non-digitized ape with a bandana. You know what I mean? Like, what if it's an actual monkey wearing a bandana? Like, that's a cool image. Is it's it dumb shit? Oh, no. Ever that makes sense. But here's the, the dumbest thing, shit right? I've ever heard. Oh, oh, that's where it's dumb. That's where it doesn't make sense anymore. Right. Okay. Because naturally where there's no purpose of it, it's just the pixelized image. That's not dumb. But when you could actually be the only person who gets to see the real ape, that, that wouldn't, that would be dumb. That's where we draw the line. The last thing I'll say on this is obviously there's people whipping yachts down by me in South Florida that are just bathing in money because of these things. So I'm not making fun of those people. What I'm just trying to understand is that how pixelized images became something like this. Like I understand cryptocurrency and the purpose that it serves. How did it get looped into now pixelized images? And I understand that these are the first crypto or NFTs, whatever. Like I get it, I get it, I get it, but I don't get it. 
I mean, have you uh, seen Lizard Man, Mark Zuckerberg? He's creating the metaverse. Like all these new things are going to be in our world. It's going to be a new digital world. I implore all of you. There is an 11 minute video on YouTube by Business Insider where you get to watch Mark Zuckerberg and his alien ass talk about the metaverse. And I don't want to give it away, but I think our world is going to end because okay. all of us are going to go into this metaverse and there's going to be digital art everywhere and nobody's going to want to leave because you are able to transport yourself from your couch to the Alps and go skiing virtually. And then you go swimming with a virtual version of Michael Phelps. I know you're all raising your hand. I'm going to continue. So the digital art is going to be something in the metaverse. And I'll close it with this. If you are not that happy of a person, you're not enjoying your life, and then you can blast off into another world and create a new world for yourself, that just seems like human nature that we're going to go towards that. Jack, you're raising your hand. Why? Yeah, so what you are describing right now is the plot of the book Ready Player One. I know. Yeah, like that's this, what that is. It's, I, it's not that it's going to happen. Like, okay. It, 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 it's, wait, nah, wait, wait, wait. What? Last thing we have to say here. We don't trust Mark Zuckerberg to create a safe environment for his website for us. And we're going to trust him to create a world in which we would live in. I don't have a good answer for that. Okay, I that's it. That's all I'm going to end on. Show. I'm just saying, yep. I think it's going to happen. This lockout needs, needs to fucking end. Just go back to this podcast when we're all, you know, playing virtual baseball with DeGrom in, in the metaverse. And I'm going to come back and be like, listen to episode 115 of the Just Baseball Show. I called it. Yeah, I think the Louisville Slugger Museum, it was either the Louisville Slugger Museum or it was in Cooperstown. It it kind of had the virtual Jacob deGrom already. It was like stand in the box and it's a pitching machine that varies its speed and you like pick the pitcher and it's like, oh, Randy Johnson, it changes the arm slot and you can see 98 down the gut from Randy Johnson's arm slot. It might have been the Louisville Slugger Museum. No, it, it, but it's not It's not going to be where we put on big-ass goggles anymore. And, like, we have machines and we're – I mean, if you can see me on YouTube, like – Like you know, Oculus? Doing this motion. That's not the right motion. It's kind of weird motion. But, you know, freaking Oculus. Yeah, you're doing the shake weight thing. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing the shake weight, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be like a little button you could just press right on your temple and just go boop, and you're gone. Oh, well, that was Black Mirror. <laughs> so you've walked it's, me through Ready Player One and Black Mirror. I'm telling you information so you could get ahead of it. And it's not financial advice, but put your money in Ethereum. It's not financial advice. But seriously, this is where I think the world is going. I, wow. Do you do you think I'm wrong? Like, do you think that this will fizzle out and it will all become nothing? Because no, I just no, I no. cannot get behind that. I think a middle ground between the two. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to adapt. I don't think it's taking over the world. Like, I think credit statements are still going to be a thing. But no. Ethereum, um, like, do you have money in Ethereum right now? I mean, it's not financial advice, but yes. Interesting. You think I should put some not financial Bitcoin? Advice? Yes. Yes. I've Bitcoin. got. I've got a few. I've got a few ETH. Yeah. Get Ethereum. Get Bitcoin. Yes. Stake huh. your claim now. Interesting. Then okay. A couple uh, months when a... it goes fifty x. No, it won't. But it will grow. It will yeah. grow. This will be. You will two, three, four x your money by. I, in my opinion, I think in the next three to five years. Um, hey, this is uh, on an entirely different subject. But before we get to baseball, I have a something I heard. I love it. Okay. Fucking get into it. I spent time with my 87-year-old grandpa last night. For the first time, you know, first time I've seen him since pre-COVID. Oh, wow. And, you wow. know, saw him. We both got our booster shots, so I felt comfortable giving him a hug. And and we sat down, and, um, you know, we were watching something on CBS. And the Limu Emu commercial came on, and I tweeted this. I said, my grandpa told me as soon as that commercial came on, he said he has written to Liberty Mutual several times because the Limu Emu and Doug commercials piss him off so much. Um, so I took that and I just kept the ball rolling. I was like, all right, let's go. Like story time. Boom. He worked for Brown Foreman for a very long time. Brown Foreman sold packaging and they worked with a ton of distilleries. He lives in Louisville, Kentucky. He worked with a lot of those distilleries along the bourbon trail. And he was telling me a couple of stories about his time in Lynchburg, Tennessee at Jack Daniels. Something I did not realize, something I heard that I know now, and I Googled it. I was like, is this still the case? And the answer is yes. Lynchburg, Virginia, you know, you've seen the commercial, right? There was, it was a population of like 300 when Jack Daniels first got their distillery there, first set it up. 
once they became a power. I think the population of Lynchburg is up to like 5,000-ish right now. Lynchburg, Tennessee is located in Moore County, Tennessee. Moore County is a dry county, which means that you cannot get caught drinking alcohol. So a titan of the whiskey distilling business, Jack Daniels, is located in a dry county in Tennessee. Wait, there's there's a county where alcohol is illegal? Yeah, so they have they have restrictions on selling alcohol like certain hours of the day, but it's a dry county, like you know, a dry college campus. Like if they catch you drinking, you get in trouble. Even we went to Syracuse. We have no idea what that means. Wow, you hear what I said? That's pretty wild. What'd you say? I said we went to Syracuse. We have no idea what that means. Yes. Yeah. Correct. But really, huh? Yeah. Dry county. Jack Daniels is located in a dry county. I don't know. That is something I heard. Yeah. We need to bring that back more. Remember we were doing that at the beginning of the Project the Plate days? Yeah, we can. Rat Kingdom? We can continue to do it. The Mega Rat. I just don't really hear that many cool things anymore. Now, I just don't hear that many cool things. Do you guys hear more cool things? Jack, you just heard a cool thing. I just heard a really cool thing. And whenever I hear a cool thing, I'll share it with the group. Perfect. I'll start doing that more. Let's break into some mo- ugh, let's break into some mock trades right now because uh, I think Aram and I totally undershot the amount of fun that we were going to have doing these uh, when we recorded on Sunday for the Monday episode. I mean, uh, just blowing up the Phillies farm system for Cedric Mullins was hilarious, and just walking through the Jose Ramirez to the Mariners for the biggest haul ever like that was so much fun. Um, so Peter. You said, damn, I want to get in on this action. So, so you bad. sent us four or five guys, and we're going to sit here and workshop deals that are so fun to put together in a lockout that will likely never in a million years happen, but they're so fun to think about. Let's do it. Should we start at the top with a hammer, or should we start with a guy who actually probably could get traded? Let's let's work to the hammers like we are with the Hall of Fame stuff. Like we started with Tim Lincecum and A.J. Pruszynski, <laughs> but we're going to work up to the Bonds and the Clements. And let's just start with Luis Castillo. Let's start with a guy like Luis Castillo because I feel like every single team could use a guy like Luis Castillo. I mean, he's not young, but he's controlled and he's a good starting pitcher. He's had weird half seasons where he's amazing in the front half, then terrible in the second half. He has weird home road splits. Aram, I'm sure there are teams on teams that would want a Luis Castillo. So let's just speculate. Talk to me. Uh, who wants them? Who wants them? Everybody. I mean, it, you're getting a legitimate, you know, really – when he's on, he's a, he's a no, solid number two. You know, when he's at his usual average, I think he's a really solid number three. He's under a little bit more control. Uh, like, yes, he's, he's volatile at times, but he has a track record of, like – when he struggles, you know he's going to come around and, and, and have a streak where he's just as good for just as long as well. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's going to be a long list of teams looking at this guy. And the Yankees are always in on pitching, right? I mean, I feel like Luis Castillo and the Yankees have always been tied to each other. Uh, you look at maybe L.A. Angels, that is, not the Dodgers. They, they, they're pretty fine there. The Padres, but they don't have enough prospects. Like, this could be one of those situations where we could see big league for big league because the Reds don't want to fully tear it down necessarily. Um, they have Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green knocking on the door. Uh, this could be a rare MLB for MLB trade here, uh, which would be really cool. I think baseball needs more of those anyways. So I had an idea. When you said Angels, they have a lot of MLB-ready players. Would you trade Brandon Marsh for Luis Castillo? Yeah. You would? Yeah. Would, would that just be like a one for one? The thing is, is like the, the Angels kind of need both of those guys now, right? Like that that's the interesting thing. Justin Upton, like are you counting on him to be your everyday corner outfielder for the final year of his deal? Year, though. He was Until he year. wasn't. Yeah, kind of. But like, yeah. What about the Giants? What about the Giants? Are the Giants going to trade ever? Will they like, trade they one of those catchers, him. Bailey or Bart? Uh, I think they're going to audition Bart. And then if he sucks, then what? Do you think he's going to suck? No, I think he'll be all right. But 
Is Bats a question? Why the high floor? I think Joey Bart's like the highest floor. What do you see that scares you about Bart? Um, Pulls everything. I don't think he's ever hit an oppo home run. He's got like a little D.D. Gregorius in him. Um, And, you know, I think when he got to the big leagues, they kind of picked on that. Um, I thought he made some improvements this year. But the other thing that really scares me is he got blown up by Velo. Like blown up. Fastball's up. That's all they gave him. Just steady diet, fastball up. I think they could literally tell him it's coming, give him the, the glove gesture, fastball coming, and they'd blow him up. I think he was like Bobby Dalbeck level of, of batting average against fastballs 95 and above. Uh, so that's a little concerning because, as we know, that's what Major League Baseball is, period. There's a reason why the Giants, like, are not opposed to trading him. You know, like they, He should be untouchable given the circumstances, and he's not. I think that kind of tells you a little bit without them wanting to tip their hand too much on Joey Bart. I feel like a move to the Angels makes so much sense. And Luis Castillo for Brandon Marsh straight up, I think could kind of work. Does any, is anyone opposed? No. I'm not because, you know, Joe Adele is that offensive upside guy. He's still going to play good defense in a corner, even though his arm somehow went from sick to noodle. Um, I don't know where, when that happened because he was throwing like 90-something off the mound in high school. Uh, but you have somebody like Jordan Adams, who the bat's a big question, but could play phenomenal defense and still kind of slide into center. Because the thing is, is I kind of want Trout out of center. Like, is that nuts? I know how good he is in center field, but like, let's, let's be real. Mike Trout is, is one of the best hitters we've seen ever, and he's wearing down a little bit. Like, move that guy to a corner. I think it's a lot better for his body. I mean, look at all of the center fielders in recent history who have had their career cut short for – all of the crazy catches and all of the crazy things they have to do in center field. Brandon Marsh is a supreme defender in center field. It's not like you're going to have some insane drop off from Trout to Marsh at this point in Trout's career too. I'm moving Trout to a corner. I know you laugh, but I bet you the angels are thinking about it right now. You know, Aram, I actually think you're Ebenezer Scrooge. I think you hate Christmas and I think that you want to see Trout's window cut right now. Like he is, I'm trying to extend his fucking window. He's the best player that we've seen in our time of like actively viewing baseball, like, right. So let him be the best player on planet earth for as long as he possibly can. And when he shows some signs of decline in center, you can move him to a corner. I'm not like, I'm not a fan of proactively moving him to right. This isn't proactive. This is reactive. Giancarlo Stanton's played more games over the last three years than Mike Trout has. Like this is reactive to the fact that he keeps getting hurt. Like, move him to a corner and prolong his career. And you know what, dude? Like, he's still going to be good in a corner. Brandon Marsh is an elite defensive center fielder. If we're talking about optimizing your team, like, that is the best move, in my opinion. I, I don't understand how that makes him now not the best player in baseball. You can't play left and be the best player in baseball? Is I that what he's doing? It. I, hold on. I see what Arm's, Arm's saying because it, it, it sounds blasphemous, right? Yo, yeah, we're just going to move Mike Trout out of center field and move him to right field. But – Mookie Betts was a center fielder and he moved over to right field. I know he didn't move over because of injuries or anything, but he is still one of the perennial best right fielders in baseball. And nobody thinks any less of Mookie Betts. If Mike Trout were to move for right or left, no one would think any less. And it actually could maybe alleviate some of those pains. And then he could actually have a better offensive season. So I don't even think it's crazy. And when I was thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, that could get us canceled, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. At all, I don't think. I bet you Mike Trout plays more games in left field this year than than anybody thinks. I, I, I'm willing to that we can do another side wager on that he's one. Also not that great of a defender. Like he's he's so fast and he's a, he can track balls down incredibly. But it's not that he has like this crazy arm strength. And left field kind of makes sense. I, it does, and he's still going to be even better as a left fielder than he would well, be a center fielder. And if they make this trade, he has to play center. So, you know, like that's the thing is if they make this trade, he's going to center field. And now you're putting some eggs in the basket of Jordan Adams. Like, I, I don't love Jordan Adams. So why not? I use glove first. You can't really hit. I just I don't love the bat. Jordan Adams. I think he's you know, a you're, big Terrence Gore guy. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if he's that bad. Gerard but, Dyson. <laughs> yeah. Looking at here. Ben Revere. No, he's a little better than that. Well, Revere, maybe. <laughs> he might be Fold. Ben Revere. Are we looking at Sam Fold? Sam Fold? Ooh, Sam Fold's gas. Yeah, he was gas. But, but yeah, so what What about the Giants? What does a trade look like with the Giants? Like Luis Castillo, I think fits the mold. He's that change-up fastball guy that the, that the Giants love. 
They love those types of pitchers. He fits right in. And even if you're not trading a catcher, like what, what are the Reds looking for there? Like the Reds are probably looking for some outfield help. What are, what are they looking for? You, you're you're kind of connected to the Reds. What, what, what do they need, Jack? How about Castillo from Mike Yaz? No, Reds wouldn't do that. No way. Mike why, would they want a, why would they want Yaz? Yaz is low-key like 30. Yeah, he's 30, but One. he helps them win now. But do they want to win now? Like, what are they doing? I think they do want to win now. They're they, just going to let Castellanos go. They're not blowing it up. I mean, we're trading away Luis Castillo because we hear Luis Castillo trade rumors. We heard Sonny Gray trade rumors. I, I, yeah, but they might not them. blow it up. If, but like, if they were, we're hearing all this. It up, if they were actually blowing it up, they would trade both of them. But it sounds like they're not going to yeah. trade both of them. It sounds like they're going to trade one of them and then have the other there to front a rotation with Lodolo and Green. God, I love Lodolo and Green. Yeah, how sick is that? What I think that the Reds want to do here is like, you know, they're, they're trying to, to stay relevant while capitalizing on the guys that they can't afford to pay because we know that they're just not going to pay. They've made it clear that they're just not going to do that. So I think trading Castillo now, similar to the Blake Snell situation, obviously they're not as smart as the Rays, but similar to that, like maximize his value and get pieces that help you now and still set you up for the future. The Giants are a good partner for that. You could end up getting a package here where you're buying a little bit low on prospects if you like them. Like, how about a Heliot Ramos? That guy would be better. Come ready. on, he's still yeah. under. I was like, Heliot Ramos, all that. He's almost oh, big league ready, and he's an outfielder. Yeah, there. right. Big league ready guy. Yeah. And then the Giants have like a litany of of solid bats that could plug right in, right? Like, you could go get an Austin Slater, or you could go get. I don't think they deal like Lamont Wade, obviously, but like they have so many dudes like that that could fit in. Stephen Duggar. Like one of those guys package in that helped them next year. Ramos as well. You're going to need to give up more. So I'm curious what it would look like. Maybe a pitching prospect, maybe somebody else. Maybe they, maybe they trade Bart. Like maybe they trade Bart. You know what? Like Tucker Barnhart's gone. We'll see what the long-term plan is behind the dish for the Reds. But uh, I wouldn't hate that either. Here's my thing on the Reds though. Like, they are the Portland Trailblazers right now. Yeah, they actually are. The <laughs> They're never going to entirely blow it up. They've got some stars. Like, Damian Lillard is screwed. Like, it's the AI thing. You're in purgatory. You're never going to win the big one. But you got to stick around because you've got this generational guy. The Reds have just floundered with Joey Votto. I mean, think about that. Like, Joey Votto's oh, been around. They've got the rookie of the year. They've got two of the best pitching prospects in baseball coming up. But they're not going to win the World Series. They don't even have a shot at winning the World Series. They are the Portland Trailblazers. They're never going to blow it all the way up, and they're never going to be the team to beat. That sucks. Uh, not never say never. Come on, never say never. Not not in the next you know couple of years, but never say never. I mean, the big red machine. They've had legends. I mean, this is not okay, just like Pete, this crap team who's never been there, like the Rockies. You can Pete, never say never on the Rockies. When was the big red machine? It kind of long ago, like in the seventies. Were you alive? <laughs> no. But like, I you're being disrespectful. Never say that. The Reds are. I. You can't put the Reds in that Pete, boat. We talk for an hour every day. We have to find stuff to talk about, and sometimes that's not always going to be respectful. All right. Here's something that's kind of disrespectful. Do you, Arm? Do you think the Giants think that Patrick Bailey, their their second best catching prospect, can hit? Because in, in high A, when he went up through 135 at-bats, 185, 290, 296 slash line, sure got 43 times. Like, is this the guy that if you trade Joey Bart that you just have this replacement in Patrick Bailey? We keep hearing that. And it's like, I mean, he did hit in low A and when he first came up. And, like, it's fine. And then the entire slash line, we're looking at, like, a 265, you know, 366, 429 guy. Like, fine. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. And he's not, like, regardless, still super far off. So, like, what's your contingency plan? Yeah. Trading Joey Bart away. Like, that's that's definitely a weird spot to be. Um, I, I don't think you're totally wrong on that. Like, I, I think it's it's a really interesting point. But the Giants are one of those teams where, like, I wouldn't be surprised by, like, what they do no matter what. I mean, the Reds are kind of fine, I think, moving forward with Tyler Stevenson. Um, but that, that's the interesting thing when we look at – you know, what they're doing over with the Giants. It's like, yeah, Patrick Bailey might be further off than you think. Even if you believe in him, he's further off than you think. So are you going to trade Joey Bart? Probably not. So that's the thing, too, with Luis Castillo is I think that's why the Reds have been a little bit 
hesitant. It's like you think that the market would be massive for him. And I think there's a lot of teams with interest, but not a lot of teams that are willing to give up what's required to go get somebody like that. The last team I want to float is the St. Louis Cardinals. That is a team that I think makes so much sense. But again, it's in division. There's no freaking way they're trading Luis Castillo to the Cardinals. So it's like, it just seems like one of those weird spots where you're like, where does he fit in? And unless I'm missing somebody, the Yankees seem to make the most sense for me. I actually think the Angels make the most sense. I love when you brought up the Angels. I think Brandon Marsh for Luis Castillo like, makes all the sense in the world. So apparently the Angels backed out of Brandon Marsh for Max Meyer. Um, which is pretty crazy. Which is, yeah, uh, I'd rather have Max Meyer, I think. But that, but that shows how high they know. are on Marsh. Yeah, exactly. But uh, that might show that that might be what the consensus value is more so on Marsh. Like he didn't hit great, but I think people people undervalue. I see it in the Marlins area because Marlins fans are like, thank God they, that they backed out. Like we would never want Meyer for Marsh. I would still do Meyer for Marsh. Like Marsh is a, the You'd highest score you can Yeah. Plus really? defender and center. Yeah, I, I get heat for that all the time from Marlins fans. But, you know, it, it's just personally, the Marlins need it so badly. He can hit, man. Like, he didn't quite hit the way you thought. And even with a rough debut, 86 WRC plus to go with premium defense and center field and elite speed. Like, I mean, I'm willing to bet on that guy figuring it out at the plate. Uh, and he's had so many at-bats taken away from him in the minor leagues after being a high school guy too. So like, he's going to continue to develop and and that's a guy that just can hit. We got to remember though, you want what you don't have. Like that is the case. That is the case with trades. That's the case with free agency. That is the case with human instinct. You want what you don't have. The Marlins have this gluttony of pitching prospects, Max Meyer being one of them. I think that's why Arm is inclined to go get an outfielder, which they so badly need, and a guy that can be a 10-year big leaguer. The Angels have a bunch of those guys that hit. They don't have any of those guys that pitch, so they're always going to be looking for pitching right now. So, like, I think both sides could see either side, but the grass is always, always greener, and you always, always want what you don't have. Should we talk Absolutely. about another catcher who might, get, who actually might get traded because he tweeted who, out he tweeted the airplane. plane emojis. He he tweeted out plane emojis. <laughs> the Cubs are buying, so I'm like, all right, maybe he won't get traded. But now if we're talking about the Yankees, the Yankees do kind of make all the sense of the world. They need a catcher. I don't care. They need a catcher. So here's my trade. Here's my trade. I'm gonna hate this. I don't I care. It. I already hate it. I already hate whatever. Luis Medina, you don't hate that. No, I love that now. Clark Schmidt. Keep going. Kyle Higashioka. <laughs> you, you, you took the I win. I put it over the top. Think about it. What did Stallings get? Zach Thompson no, that's, and some that's, pieces? That's a, that's, a, that's a fair trade, I think. Uh, you have to consider that Contreras is, is, is a lame duck, right? Like he's, he's a free agent after this year. And we see how that impacts value. And it's not like Contreras lit the world on fire last year. I don't think that's crazy. Right? It's not I don't cr- think it's crazy. I mean, Luis Medina throws 100. He's a he's a solid pitching prospect. Clark Schmidt, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, you know. Yeah, but he plugs in he right could now. He be good. Like, oh, he's not like Peter being anemic. disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, he's not some anemic, like, just garbage. Like, he's he could be good. And then Kyle Higashioka has at least proven. But I doubt the Yankees would trade Kyle Higashioka because – Garrett Cole really likes him. But then again, Garrett Cole's so good. If you can't pitch to Wilson Contreras, like you need Kyle Higashioka out of all people. Like he was fine on Houston without Kyle Higashioka. The Yankees so, can deal him. Anecdote time here. Um, John Lester only wanted to throw to David Ross. And then Ross retired. And the Cubs said, hey, John, you got to learn how to throw to Wilson Contreras. <laughs> and Lester came around and liked throwing to Wilson Contreras after that. Like Garrett Cole, he's being paid enough money to learn how to throw to somebody else. And yes. the Yankees will then get a catcher who can field and hit, which they haven't had in a crazy day. concept. It's a cra- they haven't had since Posada. It's a crazy concept. You usually have Martin, to I guess. choose like, you know, on a certain night, huh? Do we not want to allow five pass balls in this game? Let's go with Higgy. It does yeah. make the game very exciting. You want an outside chance at a bomb or that comes with five pass balls or decent defense and, probably zero offense like that. It's, it's a very interesting decision to have to make every day for Aaron Boone. 
but Garrett Cole makes it easy because he knows that he has to side with the uh, defensive minded approach there. I don't think that's the worst offer in the world at all, because also from the Cubs component, something we talked about was like, who the hell is pitching for those guys? Clark Schmidt plugs right into the rotation. Even if he struggles, like that's somebody that you help you try to develop at the big league level. Uh, we'll get to work with, you know, guys and experienced guys in the rotation too. Um, from the guys that they do have Hendricks and, and Stroman, you know, alongside a younger guy like Clark Schmidt, I, I don't think is the worst thing in the world uh, and could Thank be you. interesting because Schmidt at the end of the day is kind of similar to what I was saying um, about Brandon Marsh, where, you know, I'm not the highest on Schmidt, but he also has had very limited innings because of Tommy John right after college and then no 2020 season then was injured in times last year. Like the guy could still develop. I think health is a question, but um, you know, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Medina gives you that upside too. Uh, and and the Cubs, I think, are trying to toe that line of improving long-term and still trying to stay relevant now. Contreras, you might as well cash in for what you're going to get because after this year, he's gone and you're trying to be I – I think they're trying to be okay next year. I think they're really trying to prove it to Marcus Stroman the year after next because he has that opt-out. And the year after next, I think they're going to really try to position themselves. I think they got to find out a little bit about themselves this coming season. That's what they're trying to do. I just kind of wanted to give Peter some shit. I, I actually think I say yes if I'm Jed. Yeah, that screw idea. you. Screw you. You just hear me talk Yankees, and you're like, ee, 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 I don't like it. It's yeah. good. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but, like, that doesn't mean I can't not like it. All right. Well, well how would you How would you teeter it? How would you no, teeter I don't it? need to teeter it. Here, here's the thing, though. How would you teeter Knowing the Cubs fan base, um, if they get Higashioka back as the only guy that's going to break in with the Cubs, they're going to be pissed because they're like, oh, Wilson Contreras was was the last of the real ones, right? Like Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, they're gone. Uh, Wilson's all we got. And he's gone. You want an MLB starter in return. But the reality is, Cubs fans, that's not what you signed up for. You just signed Jan Gomes and you got the plane emojis from Wilson Contreras. Like, if you didn't want to piss Wilson off, if you didn't want to say adios to Wilson, like don't sign Jan Gomes. It's very simple. Yeah. Sign yeah. a backup to be a platoon guy. So you're getting a platoon guy back. So I can I, I, can, I good. can I get wild real quick to wrap up on this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about Luke Voigt for Contreras straight up? No. Corners are already filled out. Who's playing first? Schwindel. Oh, fuck that. Oh, fuck that. All right, we're gonna bet on the wisdom. overachievers. We're we're gonna yeah, we're gonna bet on the overachievers from last year. All right, like fine. I mean, we'll you could say you could bet on the overachiever of Luke Voigt in 2020, but yeah, I I'd summer, still think. <laughs> oh yeah, because those were equivalent. Those were yeah, equivalent. I, agree. I don't know. I think Luke Voigt. I don't know. I think Luke Voigt's better. But Luke Voigt for Wilson Contreras is very interesting. But they, I, I I just don't think the Cubs are that team because I, I I just don't think they're going to go get a first baseman like they need they need pitching no they need a catcher again they need I actually the middle infield Nico Horner and Magical like I don't hate it at all I think it's actually kind of okay no and and the reality is like why would you jump ship on Schwindel if he hasn't failed yet you know what I mean yeah oh, I like I like Schwindel like we'll take him is he like honestly watched so little of the Cubs last year that it's it's insane for obvious reasons, like Schwindel rakes, obviously had a lot of overs and Hendricks starts. Yeah. <laughs> like Schwindel rakes. I'm sold on Schwindel. I'm, I'm not sold on wisdom whatsoever. Um, the problem is Schwindel stuck at first and Voight is obviously stuck at first. So I get it from that proponent, but like if there's an NLDH, which we would know That's at, true. By the time played, like that makes your team way more watchable. And, 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 and what, how many years of control does Voight come with? I, like at least one more after this one, right? I think it's one more after this one. I think you're right. So you're getting control as well. Hey, hey, before we get to the next deal, the new CBA just got me back on this thought on the minor league rule five draft. You brought oh, up yeah. the new CBA and how the DH could come into play. Uh, the, the CBA needs to change compensation. Like we know that's what's going on right now. Um, we have been pounding the pavement. We don't know how much it's going to change, but we have been pounding the pavement for the change in compensation for minor leaguers. I want to walk you through what the rule five draft does from team to team. Cause you know, the individual is being picked up from one team and being transferred to the other team. There's almost this transfer fee in the major league rule five draft, the team, like say the tigers, who did the tigers pick by do up from I'm blanking twins twins. So the tigers had to pay the twins. $50,000 for the rights to Akil Badu. 
in the minor Actually, league phase, 24-5. Was it 100,000? 100 now. It was originally 50, and they upped it to 100 several years back. Interesting. Okay, so so it's $100,000 for Akil Badu. That's what the Tigers just it. paid the Twins. In the minor league Rule 5 draft, the way this works is those guys are immediately assigned to the AAA roster. They cost $24,500. That's the transfer fee. So if a guy goes from the Padres system to the Reds system, the Reds are paying the Padres $24,500 for the rights to that guy. How much does that guy who's eating ramen noodles every fucking night yet? Zero. Zero dollars. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit. It would be cool they if they got like out. 10%, like 10% of the transfer fee or something like that. You know, like that would move the, the, like a couple thousand bucks cash would be like helpful to them. Oh I, like, my that God. Would be interesting. Give them 2000 bucks. That's like two months of rent in whatever minor league. Yes. Well, and they're going to have to find a new place anyways. Right. Like that, that would be, I think the best idea is you get a cut of the transfer fee because another team's identifying you uh, wants to get you and you don't have a say in it. And and, uh, so people understand the difference between the MLB and MILB uh, rule five draft at the MLB level. It's, it's based on guys that after a certain amount of years in the minor leagues, uh, you know, aren't on the 40 man roster. You either have to decide whether to add them to the 40 man roster or they're eligible to be taken for $100,000. In the minor league end, there's 32 guys you can protect. You got to add them to your AAA roster after X amount of years. And if you don't, uh, then they can be selected and added into another farm system where they have to be on the AAA roster. And that all of that is done actually, it's one of the few things that baseball does that is good on that end of things with minor league control to encourage teams to either promote their guys, or if another team thinks that they're worth being promoted, we'll go do that and get them themselves. So I, I like it. Um, I, I think that's a great aspect of it. And, and it's good for the control issues that we have with players and minor leaguers. But yeah, like that is a microcosm of how just screwed up the system is. That's more than they make in a year at all and, and multiple levels. And that's the transfer fee that teams are paying just to take a shot on a dude in the minor leagues. Think about it. Think about it. They are paying that money for you. Like they're paying that money on behalf of you and but you. But not paying you. They're not paying you, but the money is about you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. We even talked to zero Lieutenant Governor of Georgia, Jeff Duncan. So we're all saying that pay the people. What are we doing? And even if you start paying your people, you start giving them a good bed to sleep in, you give them some good food, good training, they'll be better baseball players for you. A crazy concept. It's a crazy concept, crazy. isn't it? What was our first episode of Project the Plate about? Giving out Fernando Tati's junior contracts. Well, it was about big league advance. Oh, yeah, yeah. What does big league <laughs> advance do? They give minor leaguers a sum of money so they can sleep in a better bed and eat better food and get better training yeah. so they can make it. Yeah, Fernando. Realistically, Big League Advance shouldn't exist. Like, I'm glad it does, but it shouldn't exist because it shouldn't be an issue. It just shouldn't. It should exist on a larger scale, but like, it shouldn't be so appealing to even some of the best prospects in baseball. Like, are still contemplating that and taking that. Like, I know, you know, they don't document who who is taking what deals, but just like from what I've heard from players throughout the minor leagues. Uh, some prospects that you would think have no business taking those deals have taken them just because it's so difficult to live year to year, week to week uh, in the minor leagues. So yeah, I'm glad we brought that up because it is just another one of those things that, you know, we know what the issue is. We harp on the issue a lot, but little things like that really highlight it and, and put into context how backwards the whole system is. You know, so sometimes in a high school or college class, kids are going to need real life examples of something, right? You know, you can talk about something in theory and you can say this is wrong, but you need a real life example. That's your real life example. A team is paying nearly $25,000 for the rights to you and you get zero money because somehow minor leaguers don't deserve anything. Let's get back to the trades. Let's rip through some of these. Josh Donaldson. Loki rakes. Like, raked last year. Like, I mean, his Devon page is red as shit. 99th percentile in average exit velocity. 92nd percentile in ex-woba. Ex-slugging. Barrel rate. Walk rate. Chase rate. 
he even was like a decent defender by outs above average. He had 26 bombs, 350 on base percentage hit, 247 with an 827 OPS. Like the dude still rakes. And you know who needs someone so badly? The Milwaukee Brewers should trade for Josh Donaldson today. And I have a trade I'll throw at you guys. Whatever it is, it's probably going to be an overpay, by the way, because I think you can get him for like three. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I was was just going to offer, I think, just throw Bryce Terang at him. That's an overpay. Yeah, it is. But that's the that's the only Bryce hope Terang they have in their system. Do you guys think Bryce Terang is good? Do you? Yeah, he's fine. You guys do like him. Okay. He's fine. Okay. He's okay. See, here's the thing. Is, is I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up like Josh Donaldson's contract situation, right? So it, looking at Donaldson, you have to pay him $21 million next year, $21 million in 2023, and then there's a club op- option for $16 million. I don't think that's that bad. Like, I realistically don't think it's that bad. Like, I'm fine with paying him that if I have the money for it because, you know what, he's giving you about that money in production right now. Like, look at what he did last year to Peter's point. Like, he was good. He was good. And there's teams that could really use that offense. Uh, I think if you're trading Terang, like, you might be able to get more attached, you know, with Donaldson. That's the the thing is – No, sorry. The only reason I was mentioning Terang was because they have Willie Adamas at short. They have – Luis Arias, they have Colton Wong at second. They just have a lot of infielders. So I was like, if you put Josh Donaldson at third, which is kind of their only, you could put Arias there too, but I'm just, that felt like just a guy that they could like trade it. in order to get it done like right now. Maybe they eat money if you give them yeah. Yeah, maybe exactly. they split the difference. That I would do, because Terang's okay. Like, I think he's going to be a utility guy probably. I don't love him. But if you can trade Terang, like you said, they've got all the pieces already in yeah. place for control. If that gets you some money back, Hell yeah, I'd do that. And dude, he's going to go rake. Right. And sure. be able to, like, he's going to rake. Now, now, here's my thought with that. Um, if you are going to get Donaldson to be your third baseman, right? Or maybe your DH or maybe your first baseman, like plug and play, are you willing to give up your guy who's your third middle infielder right now? Luis Arias is one of the best third middle infielders in baseball right now. Um, like, is it Arias or Arias? Arias. Arias. See- Fuck, I suck. Could you see somehow with like the cash working the way of like the Brewers paying for some of the contract and the Twins still paying for some of the contract, like Luis Urias for Josh Donaldson? Because obviously the Twins they they're not blowing it up. I don't like him though, and he's like a bat in their lineup. He can hit, and they have they a riot to retain the hitters. They don't really yeah, have much exactly, I, but I don't think that's that far off. Like because it's kind of in the same in the same boat as the Terang. I just feel like. Arias has proved that he is a bat and they need a bat and Terang hasn't. So that's why that's what my thoughts. I like it. I like it. And also they've gone bats last two years in the draft that the Brewers have with Mitchell. Yes, they're outfielders, but those are two, those are two guys they just got like Terang. I think you you, you know, when the second Terang gets to the big leagues and he's painfully average at best at that point, no one's going to want him, right? So it's like, you might as well cash in now. I'm not totally opposed to it. So the, the way that I'm kind of viewing that is when Donaldson falls off his cliff, which we are expecting him do to in due time, right? Then Terang will be ready at that point, feasibly. So, you know, with if you're dealing Luis Urias instead of Terang, you're just cutting the window of air. You know what I mean there? Yeah, but here, here's the thing. If I'm the Brewers, and this is where I'm just going to be the asshole that like pulls out other prospects that kind of influence this for me. Freddie Zamora. Freddie Zamora, who I think was probably in the Cape when you were out there, right? Or not? I, I don't remember. I went to the U. Had an insane, insane year last year. Uh, I, he was a 2020 draft pick, second-round guy. Dude, absolutely awesome. raked. Would have been a first-round pick, but he tore his ACL in practice with, with the Canes and missed the whole season, still went in the second round. Guys a stud, mashed between uh, low A and high A, uh, even took it to another level in high A. I think he could be big league ready in about a year and a half. And they might say, you know what? Like, we really like Zamora. Uh, we think he could be the future and be okay with trading terrain. Like, Zamora, on, no doubt, has a higher ceiling. Yeah. Peter's looking at stats right now. Tell me, Peter, what's good? What's good? Dude, in high A, I know it's it's 22 games, but 342, 435 on base, 494 slugging. He can pick it too. He raked. I mean, he didn't didn't slug that much, 
but he still got nine doubles, nine RB. Like he raked and he got even better. He's an on base machine, but he just doesn't yeah. slug that much. But he's also, I mean, he's 23. He might just never hit for that much power. He's only got a 40 power grade here, but I mean, he raked. Yeah, I think to Peter's point, you've got to keep every bat you got. You got to hoard those bats if you're the yeah. Brewers, right? Like you've got to, you got to just keep everybody. And Urias is like, seems like he's starting to just go this way. Like I think we're seeing him I put agree. it together. And I like Rowdy Telez, but I think Rowdy Telez is going to hit third for them, and like that's not that good. No, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not that's not improving on winning the NL Central. Like, ra- listen, I shit on Bailey Ober last week. I said if Bailey Ober is throwing every fifth day, you're not going to win the World Series. Um, if Rowdy Gilles is hitting third for you, you're not going to win the World Series. I'm sorry. No shot. I'm really sorry. Rowdy Gilles is kind of fire though. <laughs> it's kind of humor. Uh, let's get to two big boys before we say peace. So. Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber is never getting traded, but... Hey, man, that was my hot take. He might. I think there's an outside shot. And so I have a team that I feel like hasn't been on the Shane Bieber radar um, because there is a GM there that I don't think would trade away all these prospects. And that team is the Boston Red Sox. Because if the Boston Red Sox... And Heim Bloom packaged Marcelo Meyer, Jaron Duran, <laughs> Nick York, and Jeter Downs for Shane Bieber. Would they do it? Holy shit. You keep Casas? Wow. Are you high? Who says no? What? No? no? What do you mean? That's that's insane. That too much? Be more insane than the Is it too much? No, See, not no it's not too much. Both of you are sitting there like, I mean, that's what it might take to get the third best pitcher in baseball with years of control who's not making that much money. You calling him the second. I mean, you could make that argument. Like you are trading for elite of the elite. And I will say it again, starting pitching wins championships. Here's, here's what Aram and I said about Jose Ramirez. Um, I said, you're trading for this guy who you're looking to win an MVP in your uniform and arm went farther. He said, you're trading for a guy that you want going into the hall of fame with your hat on. The guardians have those two guys right now. And who's more valuable. I mean, you can't really say no. You can't say no to that package. Like you, you do. That's, that's franchise altering for the guardians who have arms still, right? Like you're, you're maximizing your value there. Marcelo Mayer could end up being a superstar, but we know he's a, he's a high floor relative to to a, a high school shortstop. That you're not going to help them, and um, the Red Sox are in win now. Like he's I love Nick New York. I absolutely love Nick York. Like I think he's he's the top fifty prospect in baseball. Duran seemed like he really put it together in AAA last year. Obviously, he struggled in the big leagues, but I mean, who doesn't when they first get called up? Like I think he'll be okay, and still is a really really exciting piece. Like Wonder. that's a package, and Downs is. You would never get downs as a fourth piece in a deal prior to last year. So that's a good upside fourth fourth option. I'm in. Like, I, I think you have to do it. And let's look at the Red Sox side of things. Chris Sale looked really good when he came back, you know, and I think he's starting to put it together. He was shaky at first and then looked good towards the end of the postseason. But, I mean, like, how much longer is Chris Sale going to be even close to what Chris Sale is? This is like ushering the new ace for you. Because I know Red Sox fans like Tanner Houck, and I know they like some of their young pieces. But you need that ace. This is your guy for the next three years plus. I'm assuming that would coincide with an extension too. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Sale is going to start declining very soon. Nathan Uvalde is going to start declining very soon. Hawks on the is it very soon? Here. What does very soon mean? I don't know. Very, very soon, soon means in Like, I think they'll still be both really good next year. Don't I'm you think so? I'm saying – End of 2023, started 2024. Are you yeah. They're definitely not aces yeah. at that point for sure. No, I thought I thought you were meaning very, very soon. Like you were saying, like next year they're not going to be that good. And I was like, I think they will be good next year. No, but year after. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I just didn't I, like I wanted to clarify. Just wanted to clarify. I like Thanks it. For clarifying. I like it. That wasn't bad. That was actually right? some, that was some good shit, Peter. And I think if let's say you're trading a lot of you know bats in that deal, it's it's four bats. Could you throw in Jay Groom and take out Jeter Downs? And does yeah. that get the deal done? 
Yeah. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I, I it, actually it think that makes it worse, work. especially. I know it makes it a little bit worse. It makes it, I mean, that's a haul from the Red Sox. Here's the thing, though. It, it makes it worse because the Guardians, like we know, are one of the best two or three teams in baseball at developing pitchers, and they've Absolutely. got enough pitchers in that system. Like having seen a lot of those pitchers that are coming up, they're fine pitching-wise. They're falling fine. in love with Cal Contral. Yeah, and, and Cal looks yeah. like he can be like one of the best twos in baseball, right? Ah, and, that's a big ask. And they, can't, and they can't fuck up Nick York. Because like he's Scherzer's just already right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know Cal Quantrill was. No, but Cal Quantrill, but I, I know what Jack's saying because he could be that good. Like he is really phenomenal. I watched so much of Cal Quantrill because I just kept telling him that it, the Guardians were one of the most commonly bet on teams because I, I was like, Cal Quantrill just keeps winning and they're undervaluing him. And I'm getting him in a plus dog against yeah. like a Royals team and Brady Singer. And I'm like, Cal Quantrill is just like a lot better and the Guardians can at least compete there. And then they keep winning. It's like, because Cal Quantrill is a good pitcher. Yeah. You need to make a Cal Quantrill. Go ahead. If everything works out really well, Quantrill's at two. Tristan McKenzie has the stuff. Like, he's got two stuff. He's probably a three, though. Yeah. I mean, like, look at that. And then you've also got more guys coming up. Don't forget Zach Plesak, right? But, like, how about some other Guardians prospects here? I love Logan Allen who is in high A. Guy was amazing. Tanner Burns is really good. You and I both love that short righty. I'm blanking on the na- Oh, Xavion Curry. You and I both oh, love Xavion gross. Curry. Bro, oh. Xavion Curry's curveball is is magical. It's insane. legitimately magical. It's um, no, I mean and and you're forgetting their best pitching prospect. Daniel Espino I yeah. think is the most underrated pitching prospect in baseball. I'm not kidding. Like the stuff I just went down that rabbit hole recently. Cause I'm going to be writing up Cleveland's uh, farm system soon. And Espino has like front line stuff. So for them, it's like, yes, you're trading Shane Bieber, but you're totally just influxing so many, so many exciting bats into your system that are close to big league ready. Not to mention they had one of my favorite picks in this year's draft on a guy that's pretty close to big league ready relative to his draft class. Gavin Williams, who I know yeah. we all like, we saw him a lot last year from East, East Carolina. Carolina. Gavin shoves. Like these are some real, they've got, they're like more, like they're like the Marlins with the arms. They're probably better at this point. They might be. Uh, I think the Marlins have more elite arms, but like they have like 30, the guardians do. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so I don't need Jay Groom if I'm Cleveland right now, I need bats because like, who are, who are the big leaguers that are coming up to the system right now? Wait, You've they also George have Peyton Battenfield. What? They also have Peyton Battenfield. Oh my gosh. And Ethan Hankins. I guess like Nolan Jones and Valera and Valera. Like their guys coming up as a, as hitters. I mean, I they still have Rosario, who's still 26, still young. I think Rokio's um, good. I think Jose Tana's good. Um, but they need bats and they can go get bats. bats. I think if, if anybody's putting together a deal, like the the guardians can say listen shane beaver is available but you got to give me your three best bats in the system and the red Sox have as good of bats in their minor league system as anybody and they yeah. need pitching shane beaver a red Sox. i would hate that yeah that would That's that it. would but it would uh, be very cool would be so- shane Kobe beaver would- garrett cole games like Shane Bieber, Shane Boz. I'm already putting Shane Boz in that conversation because that's don't don't because Glass now should be in that conversation right now, and he is in that conversation right now. But you put Bieber in that in that AL East. Love to see what he does in those little ballparks against the best hitting. Like that's dude. How about Bieber and Barrios on a nationally relevant stage? I mean, those Indians Twins matchups with Bieber Guardians. Let's let's trade Shane Bieber to the Blue Jays and let's see what that looks like. Because we'll say bye. Gabriel Moreno. No. What? No for Shane Bieber? Just not trading Moreno? No. They don't. You have to. Fine, go. It's Shane Bieber. But it's Gabriel Moreno. It is Gabriel Moreno. <laughs> no, continue. Top prospect on JustBaseball.com. I, I, had to, I had to do that. Here's the thing. You knew I was going to say no before. You, you, you might as well have just been ready to stop there. But anyway, go ahead. I, I just want you to remember that the Jays already went and got Kevin Gosman, and they just signed Barrios to an extension. Yeah, they're probably not going to trade for Bieber. They'd probably they're more likely to trade for Jose Ramirez. Yeah, yeah. Should we do a Jose Ramirez Blue Jays trade for fun? Did we do that? I think we did. 
You did, we do, did that. do that. I thought uh, you yeah, guys traded did. him to the uh, Mariners. Yeah, we we also I... put together a Toronto one, and it looked like um, looked like Moreno, Biggio. Well, that was Hater Moreno Biggio. Yeah, you know what? Let's put let's put one together. Bieber to the Jays, and then we'll say bye. Or should we do Bieber to the Jays or Ramirez to the Jays? Oh, Ramirez to the Jays. So, Jose Ramirez to the Toronto Blue Jays for Gabriel Moreno, Arelvis Martinez, Pearson, and Hogland. That's I don't like. I don't even think you need to include Hogland at that point. It's Jose. Yeah, maybe Jose Ramirez. I think you have to include Hogland. I think you got to include Hogland. Gabriel Moreno is is the type of prospect that I think is is entering that territory of of the untouchables type. So I think if you are trading him, like he's a caliber prospect in my opinion that you you don't see dealt very often at all, and it has to be for Jose Ramirez. So on that end, like moving up a step further than that. Like you already threw in Arelvis Martinez, and then who was the third guy you put in there? Groshans. No, but these are all a- guys that they don't have spots for right now. Like you could just have Kirk at catcher, Alejandro Kirk at catcher. Like they have guys up the middle. You know, if you like Biggio, and then you obviously have Bo Bichette. I mean, Groshans. I don't know where he's going to play. That is seemingly why Austin Martin was expendable because I don't know where these dudes are going to play. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we think Moreno is better than Kirk, but the rest of those guys in the deal. It's just a bunch of bats, and the Blue Jays have bats on bats on bats. So why don't you parlay all of them to get for a position of need like the Jose Ramirez? And I think you could trade Gunnar Hogland, and you could put in Nate Pearson instead. But I'd, I actually kind of like Gunnar Hogland a lot. He's good. <laughs> I also have a crazy thought for you guys. This you is like what I want to wrap. Like him, Jack? What? You gave me like a face. What do you think about Gunnar Hogland? No, I like him. Okay. He's hurt, but I like him. Yeah. Crazy thought that I was just like looking at the, the future of the guardians right now. Right. So they have Jose Ramirez for two more years, very affordably. They have three more years of Shane Bieber. And we, we saw the litany of arms that they have right now. Their team's not that bad at the big league level, considering that they have Jose Ramirez. And Rosario had like the eight times. Yes. Yes. But this is, this is a better team. Hold on. Just listen. Hear me out. Fran Milray is all right. <laughs> Miles Straw, low-key, good acquisition in center field. I agree. Okay. Here's my thing. If Rosario, actually, if you're sold on what he did last year, I think he, he had a pretty great year. Why not just trade from your ridiculous litany of arms in your system and go get, like, some other bats? Like, what if we, like, Uno reverse card this and we're the like – Indians buyers? Like, yeah, like, why not? I agree, Arm. Like, I agree. Like, Nolan Jones is going to be big league ready next year. And he had a great finish and actually hit lefties for the first time ever. Tyler Freeman will be big league ready for, you know, wherever you want to throw him in. George Valera is closer than I think a lot of people think. And you also now have all of these arms. Like if you look at where these, like Daniel Espino, for example, is I think valued way higher by MLB teams. We mentioned all these other guys. Peyton Battenfield was one of the few trades that the Rays actually fucked up. Like Battenfield's a stud. They've got so Who many traded for. It was, was it for a uh, loop low? Was that it for a loop low? Maybe. That's disgusting. If it was. Can I look it up right now. Um, yep. It was for loop low. Gross. See, the Rays are not impervious to mistakes. So to wrap up here, like you have a ton, ton of arms and don't go look like MLB pipeline, no heat in MLB pipeline, but like, they have Xavier Curry at 30. So if you're like, oh, you couldn't package Curry and somebody else and get so yes, you could. Yes, you could. And and that's the thing is like they also got Tobias Myers from the Rays, another mistake. Like they could package three different groups of pitchers and get two to three big league bats and make a huge difference to that lineup. I love Maybe that. Maybe they do that. I love that. I, why wouldn't they do that? Think about like you're not the and the and the AL Central is not this crazy good division no. where you know you're waiting for these like the white what Jack what are the White Sox proved to anybody that they've got one of the best offenses in baseball? And then what? And then what? And then like, what? what does that do for you? They have a good bullpen, very expensive. <laughs> they've got a super expensive bullpen. Yeah, but and that's it. Twins, Royal, like there's. Go for it. Can be had. 
Next episode, Guardians trade proposals. We just traded everybody away. Never mind. Reverse Uno We're again. Bringing people in to Cleveland. Believe. We should do that. They deserve it. Yes. It's like kicking and screaming, breaking it down. Don't listen to Phil. It's like do the exact <laughs> opposite of what I say. Um, hey, quickly before we go, Aram, you had somebody uh, tweet at you saying Max Meyer for somebody like Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez. What do you think about that? You know, I'll have to I'll have to run it by the trade machine first. Yeah, yeah. The trade simulator, make sure that it all checks out. Uh, but I did see that tweet, and uh, I got a kick out of that one because there's nothing like the way people value their own prospects. Uh, and clearly, Marlins fans think that Max Meyer can get you Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. So let's fire I, it up. Have I, I said it on the It's crazy to me yet. that they think that, and they're like, and it hasn't been done yet. Like, if that is possible, it would have been done yesterday. Yesterday. Have I said it yet that Julio Rodriguez is my favorite prospect in the entire minor leagues? Have I said yes. that on the podcast yet? Because I believe it. I, I was watching more video of him this morning. He is so good. And he is going to be Aaron Judge. I'll but say did, that did right you see now. The, did you see the picture of Bobby Witt? Just like. Yeah, I just also saw that picture of Bobby Witt six feet elevated in the air. I mean, he's just also like going to be incredible. Floating. But I just think Julio's bat is generational. Fair. I think it's that good. I think there's. The numbers there's would no, agree. There's, no, there's going to be no stopping this dude. He's going to be one of the best hitters in baseball for a very long time. For the Marlins. And, and uh, Mac Meyer will be great for, for uh, Seattle. Yeah. Also, Mets fans, I think I like Francisco Alvarez better than Adley Rutschman, which is much hotter of a take. And I'm not willing to really get behind that, but like. <laughs> I'm I, saying something I'm not willing yeah, to say. I, I don't, re- but like, I'm starting to believe it because I, I really do like him. I really do like him. Every link you need is in the episode description. Uh, We will talk to you on Monday. Cool beans? Thank you, everybody.